2: The soundtrack captures the entire play yeah and if you listen carefully you can get the whole story yeah dude by the time we got to the end i was like ball i'm on i-81 yeah. Yeah. like just bawling like what just mucus coming down my face just <laughs> weeping myself sick yep. and then the girls were like wow you really liked it and i was like just just play it again
3: <laughs> play it again 50 years of music with 50 year old white guys <laughs>
2: together together again reunited and it feels so good
3: (laughs) i'm in the green space here birds are chirping it's lovely ben's in his office back stateside um you're just you're looking like um, the graduate with that background there i just i got coffee
0: Creepy backyard shed podcasting tonight. Yep. I got the manifesto. <laughs> I'm in my I'm in my sweats and underwear. It's a whole thing back here. Hopefully it's Will. you
2: and the guy who tried to rob it last yeah. year Is he hanging That's out? Right. Is he going to join us? That should I be hope, the special I mean,
0: guest. Remains to be seen if he plans to come back. To quote Will. <laughs> Dude in the backyard. Dude in the backyard. Yeah. Hey, uh, he's looking good for his phone, right? I mean, he needs to get that back. I assume. He's going to be disappointed if he comes back looking for stuff. Aw. So-
3: well, you've got a uh, busy weekend, Jeff Simons. Your son is graduating on Tuesday.
0: Yes. Graduation Woo. from high school is, what, 48, 48 hours and counting from this taping to getting a diploma in his hand, I think. Yeah. That's amazing. So, so yeah, for, so cool. tell
3: him uh, congratulations from us. That is super exciting. Um, a little bit of... um a little little bit of uh some work here at the top end of the podcast. Oh, by the way, welcome to 50 years of music with 50-year-old white guys on the Electrocast podcast network. We're in 2015 right here. Uh but but just some some stuff to clear up. We're we got this these mini podcasts we're playing with, right? We're we're flirting with this idea of just a 5-minute capsule uh explaining or highlighting certain artists right we're going to we're thinking about that this hour little 5 minute daily podcast from all of us and i wanted to uh ask you I, so i figured like jeff i'm going to give you the who ben i'll give you the rolling stones and then i'll just go ahead and take the beatles cuz they're left over and they're really easy jeff i'll give you stevie wonder ben i'll give you prince and I'll go ahead and take Michael Jackson because he's really easy. But I'm 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 stuck at a couple spots here, and I'd love for you to help me out. Um, Jeff, I'm gonna give you the grateful dead. Ben, I'm gonna Excellent. give you Ben, I'm gonna give you fish.
2: Uh, who do I get? <laughs> no, you can't do that. That's not okay. You can't give Ben fish. No one's gonna do want to hear a five-minute podcast about fish that's just me pooping on them that's not going to work out for
0: anyone <laughs> also i'm not sure you could do fish in five minutes because they want to even started singing the first song hey oh well remember we're just doing highlights clips
3: um so so jeff you'll have billy joel ben you'll have elton john oh My
2: God. Uh, who will i have you gotta flip that for sure <laughs>
0: um, oh I my god st- well I, start- I think you have tim you have to for sure you can to oh. them oh level 40 level 42 is how dare you is it level 42
2: is that yes. the name of them i'm sorry yes I, I moved them down two levels due to their <laughs> actual, the actual experience of
0: listening to it
3: <laughs> oh that's just rough we're gonna we're gonna get mean tweets uh from our chicago listeners there all right well let's um we'll work on that stuff that bookkeeping stuff later Let's get, Jeff Simons, to the Grammy winner for 2015. It's the Grammy winner.
2: 1989 by Taylor Swift.
3: Walking through a crowd, the village is aglow. Kaleidoscope
1: of loud heartbeats undercloaked.
3: 1989, Taylor
2: Swift wins the Grammy. Jeff, is that your second favorite song from this record? No way.
0: No, I just, uh, I I had like five second warning before you <laughs> logged on. So I grabbed the first track. We had to do it before you
2: listened. Sorry. Timmy, what's your second favorite song from this? I, my favorite song is Shake It Off. What's your second favorite? What was the second single? Oh, th- Timmy. You're not allowed to ask that. You're like, Wait, was it on a soundtrack? <laughs> was it in Mama Mia 2? Because that's what I know about.
0: Um, I forgot about the
2: soundtrack. So I, I will say, Ben, this I, is, I'm pretty sure that style was the second single, but I could be wrong.
3: This is when I was a little upset with I mean, I, I understand you guys like shake it off, but when this album came out, I was like, Oh, come on, what's next? Like, are we still in this pop phase? Um, so I wasn't I wasn't thrilled with this
2: album. Are you serious? Totally and completely. You're a monster. You should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> I need you to crawl under a desk and ask forgiveness right now. Your daughters and your children are really mad at you. This this record's freaking fantastic. All right. what what, what else do you got? What what do you got? Uh I love blank space. I love I like Welcome New York is great. I'm a Nick fan. They play that at the Nick game, which so makes me super happy. It's a terrible song. That's terrible. Oh, totally disagree. That song is great. Dude, by the way, Timmy, your problem is that, you know what? Boston has not been waiting for you. Boston's like, get the fuck out if you're not from here. New York has been waiting for you. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's why we have such a warm, happy city. Yes. It is. We're drawing you in, man. Dude, we'll take all comers. We love it. Listen, Uh, Timmy, if you can make
3: it there, you can make it anywhere. I'm walking here. All right. What else comes off this album?
2: Uh, Blank Space, Style, and New Romantics. Those all just completely call out to me. Bad Blood with the Kendrick Lamar rap, which may come up later. That's a good one. Okay.
3: T-Swizzle, 1989. Uh, Jeff, you are not jumping to my defense. Will you at least admit that you didn't know any songs off this album?
0: No, I've heard this record. I don't know him very well, though. Uh, you know, the problem with this record is it's so Dylan esque that I, it took me a couple <laughs> of, you know, it took me a while to get into it. <laughs> it's the John Wesley Harding. You were like, I yes. don't know, it sounds sort of similar. It's such it's a left turn. I'm going to need a couple of months. No, I, you know, I, you know, my favorite thing about this record might be the album cover, which is just awesome. Just that out of focus Polaroid that cuts her eyes off and just has yeah. like the marker at the bottom. I just, I love that she spent, <laughs> 11, you know, maybe a buck 68 on the artwork for a record that sold 8 billion copies. Like that was just, I just love those moments when artists don't lean into the ridiculousness of the entire package. So I really appreciated that the cover suggested, hey, this is uh, to be taken as it is, warts and all. It helped uh, me. Listeners
2: may know why not to to like Ryan Adams, but he does a song for song cover of this album that's hilarious and super good. So, if you don't like Taylor Swift, you'll like that for sure.
3: That's true. I actually I actually appreciate what he did there even though he's he's a monster. Um let's get to <laughs> um let's get to Wilco. The uh the official band of the podcast, uh Wilco put out a double album last week called Cruel Country and the three of us were tasked with uh, listening to the double album a number of times. Uh, Jeff, are you actually going to play anything or are we just going to kind of talk
0: it through? Well, let's talk first. Maybe we each pick uh, high point or low point. I, I've got it queued up here for thoughts and on.
3: feelings. Thoughts and feelings, Ben Barton. Oh, no, I'm not going first.
2: No way. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to let Jeff go first because I'm super curious to hear what Jeff says. Jeff well, knows exactly what I think. So I'm well, super Jeff, curious to hear what can Jeff can I, I go,
3: go first? Because I, I yeah. you guys oh, better yet. Yeah. So, better yet. It seemed to me that this rock band dipping their toes into country kind of gives us like this new uh, genre. It's like alternative uh, country. It's like an (laughs) alt-country sound.
0: (laughs) That was good, Timmy. I like it. All right, sorry. Go ahead, Jeff. Oh, okay. Well, first of all, so the problem with Wilco for the last two records for me has been the slow absence of melody and and uh, and groove, right? And I have felt it both in the last two Wilco records before this one, Schmilko and Ode to Joy, yeah. like there were songs I loved. I particularly loved Love is Everywhere on Ode to Joy with that triplet guitar figure that I thought that was great. There's a bunch of songs on those records that bum me out. Um, There's the whole falling down a flight of stairs drum track for no reason that like from 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 that they used on both records on like five songs. Um, And I am not somebody who thinks it's all been downhill since the heyday. I really liked Star Wars. I thought Star Wars was a really good, short, engaging, well-recorded, interesting record. Schmilko felt like the outtakes. Of that session, a little bit to me. And then, Ode to Joy was a little joyless. And at the same time, Jeff Tweedy's been making a series of records which are really mixed. He made three, I think, three solo albums At uh, during this time. He made Warm and Warmer and, and, and Love is the King. And one, there might be another one. With one.
3: Son. one with his son. And there's what? the
0: Tweedy record, but that's yeah. further back, okay. I think. But I mean, Tweedy's been shockingly prolific. And probably to the point where he could use a friend who's like, you know, of those 14 songs you're going to put out, I really like those three, right? Um, I think there's a little bit of the same issue with Cruel Country. I think a great single record is buried in this 22-song record. This is not a double record where it was like, oh, I totally see why you have to have all these songs. I really appreciate that it's broken up into two discs. Um, it's It would fit on a single disc. It's the 77-minute record. It would fit on a single CD. I appreciate that it's on two. It's obviously, obviously, obviously a nod to being there, which is exactly the same thing, two 10-song CDs that could have fit on one CD. It's hard not to see Cruel Country as a bookend at the end of the career to being there at the beginning of the career. Um, I like this record more than I like Ode to Joy. I like this record more than I like Schmilko. I like it more than any of the last four, whatever, how many that was Tweety solo records, which means it's the for me, the most fun I've had listening to a Wilco or Tweety record in seven years. So okay. that's a positive that's for me. Positive. Like, this is my favorite thing he's yeah. put out in almost a decade. You were not I setting us up for a positive. That's well, so- it's a cut below. Yeah. The heyday. Like, I like every record the band put out before Star Wars more than this. So, I'm not buying the like spectacular return to form, right? But I'm gonna, before Ben has issues, I will say there are melodies here. There are a lot of quiet songs that are similar yeah. to some of the Wilco mid tempo stuff we've been suffering through, but the melodies <laughs> are beautiful. Like a song <clears throat> like Hints, which is the first good song on the record, in my opinion. Hints is beautiful. Like I find myself humming it in the kitchen when no one else is around. Um I you think give Bird us a Without little, a Tail is give really us a little great. I am sorry, what? Will you give us a little of hints? Oh yeah, sure.
1: Do you remember when we would forget? we were,
0: I guess, an empty continent. That's just pretty. And then it has that, you know, cast your eyes to the light. It's great. Um, I like the psychedelic tunes. I like the Bird Without its Tail, Based My skill jam. I liked Many Worlds a lot. I like the single, Tired of Taking It Out on You. It is a perfect little song. I can't stop singing it. Um, I also think there are moments when I'm like, that's the third song in a row I'm not in love with having to listen to so uh, there's a 12 or 13 song version of this that I think is as good as um Star Wars or maybe the whole love I don't think you can make a version of this record that is quite as strong as the band up to 2010 um I like that it's a band record I like that it's cut quickly it's much more engaging than the Tweety solo records because the musicians playing the other parts are much more engaging musicians than Tweedy himself is on everything, um, and I actually think there's a, there's a joy kind of bubbling under the record. It's more. It sounds like it's musicians having more fun than anything they put out in a long time, but it's not. It's not a home run. It's a little bloated, and I have not yet successfully been able to sit down and do the whole eighty minutes without drifting so that's my that's my take
3: all right good stuff uh i value that opinion and it it taught me something ben barton oh
2: me, you're gonna add or do i get to go you get to go i'm going last oh all right um so let me start with several different caveats the first caveat that i'll note is that jeff you can tell me this is wrong or right You listened to an entire set of them playing this live. I did. So that would make a massive difference for me. I feel really confident that, I mean, they're on tour. I'm gonna go see them. I love Wilco. I just wanna start with, I love Wilco. And by the time I see them, I'm gonna know the live versions of these songs and I'm gonna be able to talk myself into it much more because they'll take the choke collar off live. They'll be much better. It will not be muted the way the album is for sure. Um, And also when you see them live, I mean, if I'd gone to the Wilco Fest and they played the entire album live, I would have been bummed. But when you see them live, they'll play six, seven songs from this record and then they'll play other better songs. And then I'll be like, oh, see, that kind of like fits in. Um, I do not like this record. <laughs> I really did not like this record. The irony is that Jeff and I basically agree. Every song that he listed, I've taken five songs from a 21 song record and put it on my new music mix and he listed every song. i took so we basically i mean i think we actually agree the problem is that jeff's like well there's five good songs that's great and i'm like there's 16 bad songs on this freaking record (laughs) 21 song hour and 10 minute record and uh i did not have jeff's wisdom to not listen to it all the way through i've listened to it all the way through twice oh and the other caveat is that um i came back from europe and my grades are due tuesday 9 a.m and so I've just been grading. It's been really grim. Y'all will know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm just completely up against it. So I listened to it in that headspace, and it did not work out for me at all. The good news is it was not distracting. I was able to grade (laughs) without any (laughs) interruptions. Nothing brought me back to this record. Um, I feel sad about this record. Um, There are songs on this record that remind me of other Wilco songs but they weren't in the mix with things. Not every song had the same palette. I don't understand what they're possibly thinking about like narrowing it. It's like the Picasso blue period. Like, what are they doing? Like, They're just tying both hands behind their backs. And then I'll just be frank about it. The guitar work on this record is super boring, really boring. And the reason why is they're only working within this country palette. I mean, it's just brutal. They, like, listen, they could really use a guy who's awesome at playing lap steel. If you're gonna have lap steel on every fifth song or in like you know, four out of five songs, then get somebody who can fucking play it. Like, I'm not trying to be a dick about it, but these guys are not professional lap steel players and it's a completely different instrument than a regular guitar. And in fact, in a bunch of these songs, I actually went deep guitar nerd on this. On a bunch of these songs, they're using a B-bender technique where they don't even have a lap steel; they're faking a lap steel. And then I was like, "Oh, that explains why it's so fucking boring." Like they're not even like they don't even have the proper sound for the proper instrument. I don't understand why they have to write nothing but mid-tempo, slow country songs. And then when they pick it up, I mean, dude, the second song, oh, uh, "Cruel Country" that it's named after. Yeah, I'm not dreaming that it has a wood block, clip clop clip like there's a <laughs> slow horse trotting along. I was like, shoot me now. I have to listen to a Wilco song with a fucking clippity-clop on it? Not okay. It,
3: it was in 2008 when I was listening to uh, um, NPR's year-end uh, music show, Bob Boylan, and one of his guests said that... Um, she felt Wilco was becoming the Grateful Dead and and that was where they were going to kind of find their their path and 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 where they are in the American culture and how we're going to uh, gravitate toward them and how they're going to re- interact with the audience. I, I found like this seemed more like the um, Steely Dan, like some really accomplished musicians getting together. Uh, but I, I just it left me wanting. And so many songs. So, so you, you guys said there were about five songs that you really liked and others that you didn't like. Why not, why not rock out on some of those oh, others? Dude. You know, like, give I have me no idea a guitar. Like there was one song I was like, I, I can't remember the lyric now, but it's like, Oh, you could totally do this faster and more uh emphatically and it would be like yeah rock on with these lyrics and
2: oh but dude but that's what i meant by the live version i promise you the live versions of these songs are going to be so vastly improved over the recorded versions
0: maybe all right it was true that the songs i was hoping would get stretched out got stretched out even in the first playing like bird without a tail base of my skull is going to be like impossible Germany live, like yeah. it's going to have all the swirling texture. It was really good. Many worlds really jumped out, actually like like a song that kind of struck me as a throwaway that I like, but wasn't like, oh, this is a classic mystery binds sounded great live. Um, but I don't know where the rock is gone. I don't know whether they're self-conscious about still being a an uptempo rock band at their age or whether Tweety's just in a space where he's just not interested and in bringing the house down the way he used to be. Like the first night at Solid Sound, all of the encores were slow mid-tempo country songs. Huh. And then the next night they did a Wilco's Greatest Hit show. And it was like a completely different band. I mean, it's yeah. just like, there's all this up and down and power, but they're really not doing some of the songs that i that i think are them at their best live like art of almost is is out um oh um uh, bull black nova they're not playing that anymore like there are moments when i've seen this band live where i'm like forget the grateful dead like this is like the greatest rock orchestra i've ever seen and they they're they're not they're not uh leaning into that identity and maybe this is like the end of a, of a blue. I mean, I thought that blue period thing was kind of a brilliant insight. Like Tweety has been writing the same kind of song now for almost eight years and he's right. inexhaustible. He's right. He's written, like, he's written over a hundred songs that he's put out. And I think there've been another 150 he's played on Instagram and that stuff in my house show that he does with his kids. Like he's just churning out song, 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 song. And they are, remarkably similar to one another
2: oh yeah dude man and they're like four chords on an acoustic guitar one of the things that i also should have given a caveat is that having chosen the ghost is born it just breaks my heart this guy is a great guitarist yeah and and arranges amazing guitar parts and then he's got niles klein like he's got like he's got a really really good guitar setup and it's like he's got a fucking racehorse and he's like just slap the plow on it and he's like we go
0: slow and we drag this plow like it's just brutal because yeah, Pat Sansom is also oh dude would be a like drop jaw lead guitarist in any other band yeah like all three of them can lead a band on lead guitar and and Glenn Kochi is a astonishingly accomplished drummer capable of all kinds of complexity and nuance right. without like if you isolate the drum track of uh Jesus etc it's it's so great and the most of the time on this record he's not and he's just he's just hanging out and in the even loft in spite of that there's there's just I mean even in spite of all that there are songs in this record that I I think are terrific yeah and Ben's right like I'm at the point in my life where I'm like plus five outweighs minus 16 when it comes to a new record. <laughs> but the mind, this is not a band that should have a minus 16. They just aren't. They're really they're, They are capable of more than they gave us here. And that's either or, or mildly disappointing or really disappointing, depending on who you are, I guess. I mean,
3: make it a single album, give us 11 songs and give us two rockers and boom, I should be a producer. That's what we're learning here. I don't disagree. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, Wilco, for still getting in the studio, getting together, playing music, because there are some gems on this album. Um, you know, I'm looking at 2015 and all the events of 2015, and normally I've been ending with something depressing. So I'm gonna start with something depressing, and we'll oh, go better yet. That's yeah. great. Yeah. yeah, so bring it on. I uh I Googled Big news stories of 2015 and here was one of the headlines that comes up mass shootings renew terrorism fears and debate over guns <laughs> so thank god we said all that in 15 man let's let's go to our first ad
2: all right we're back smith and wesson brought to you by smith and wesson <laughs> know, right
0: Let's make sure that wasn't an ad for ammunition, please. That would be
3: terrible. Um, No, but let's go to Adele. 25, our number one selling album of 2015. It's the number one album.
2: 25 by Adele.
3: Everybody loves the things you do. before i go cause i've been by myself all night long hoping you're someone i used to know you look like a movie you sound like a song my god this reminds me of when we were young Jeff Simons, you're stranded on a desert island, and you can have the complete collection of Taylor Swift or the complete collection of Adele. Who do you choose?
0: Uh, Taylor Swift for the variety, but when Adele's got it working, man, I love that. I love the way she lands a a vocal. That's your favorite
2: song of this record?
0: Yeah, I love this one. Do you want to hear how many times I've played "The River"
2: Lee by Adele from this record? How many? Uh, Sixty-five times. Oh my god, that's awesome! And then I "Water Under the love. Bridge" fifty-five times, and "Send My Love to Your New Lover" fifty-one times. That's I fucking awesome. loved it. I'm looking at these play the,
0: the play numbers. And I'm like, holy shit! I loved this record. Yeah, <laughs> that's She's awesome. Killer. She's killer. When Twenty-five. She went- I was totally, this song, I got to admit, like the first time I heard it, she went to the low register instead of going higher on that first first pass. And she nailed those low notes. I was like, I'm in. I'm so in. (laughs) So Uh, great. um, I also love watching her watch the NBA finals, living her best life. She's the greatest. All right,
3: uh, special guest Flannery Plain is going to answer this next question. After oh, come plan, on man! After you guys guess. Okay, in 2015, a member of a band leaves the band and says he just wants to be 22. I want to know which band are we talking about? And which member of that band are we talking about? Ben Barton, your guess first. Uh,
2: This is is great, Flattery. I'm super. I have to apologize. Uh, Is it Harry Styles? What's the name of the band? The the band that Harry Styles was in, (laughs) 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 whatever. Jeff Simon's
3: for the steel. Well, I guess it's One Direction. It is right. One Direction.
2: I was gonna guess. By the way, I won that one, Flannery. You agree with me? (laughs) Come on, work with the brother. I got that one right. I said Harry Styles. You Um, got it right.
3: Well, Jeff Simon's Harry Styles is not the member. Do you know the name name of the person? No,
0: I don't know anybody in One Direction. I only know Harry Styles is in One Direction because Ben just tipped it. As far as I'm concerned, Harry Styles emerged out of a cocoon to make that first solo record. Oh, that'd be pretty. Tell him who.
1: Zayn Malik.
3: Oh, Zane. Zane, Thank you. Zane is the one who takes the first step out of the band. And then the rest of the band says, you know what? We need a a bit of a hiatus. And we are going on uh, six years of this hiatus. But there are some people
0: waiting for the return of the five members. There's only one direction out of a band. And it's out the damn door. And we'll see you later. By the way, right now
2: Harry Styles' his agent is writing a thank you letter to Zayn. He's like, "You're the yeah, best, no doubt. About Just it. keep doing your thing." Flannery had amazing you like for the new us. Harry
0: Styles' record. It's amazing.
2: Oh, I really like it. We listened to ask it in, I uh, asked Flannery. Oh, I know sorry. you like
0: it. Flannery, <laughs> you like it? your favorite song from the new album, Matilda. Matilda. Yes, great choice. Totally. Wow, totally agree. Although I love the single as it was so much. I love that song. All right. Thank you, Flannery. Great choice. All right. Zane Malik was the first to go. Oh, That's uh, the first time I've heard that name in my life. I have yeah. no idea who that person is. <laughs> I think he That's was really on Chicago. Um, Kate Moss got
3: kicked off a flight to Turkey or Turkish Airlines flight. When um, she was kicked off, do either of you know what she called the pilot?
0: Oh. She called the pilot
3: a, a basic bitch, which I think is. If you're gonna if you're gonna go down, go down swinging. Why the, is
0: Kate Moss back in the news? I saw a picture of Kate Moss wearing a "God Save the Queen" jacket the other day. Is that an old because it's Jubilee? Is don't do they just know. Drag out an old Kate Moss
3: photo, or sure, they've been hanging on to that one for yeah, just just in case the Queen kicks it. Um, all right. The Glastonbury Festival in 2015 had two headliners. Think about it. It's 2015. Who were the headliners of the Glastonbury (laughs) Festival?
2: Yeah,
3: helpless brother. That was the most. I think the
0: WHO uh, were headliners at Glastonbury at some time in the middle of the decade. So this
3: time it was Kanye West and Lionel Richie two oh, headliners yeah. which kanye west song do you think lionel richie could best cover
2: that's a great one that is um, i'm going to go all of the lights that's the obvious one for lionel to do he could like medley that with dancing on the ceiling He'd yeah be, that but... fits nicely that's really good he and... could
0: do champion too with all that steely dan faux funk music And could Kanye do do the Lionel
3: Richie song?
0: Oh, I would love to hear Kanye's version of Hello. (laughs) I was about to say it. That would be amazing. (laughs) Or you (laughs) are. Remember, you are. You are the sun. You are are the rain. I'd love to hear Kanye's version of that,
3: too. That'd be great. All right. Um, We had the. uh, the By the way, I saw both of them
2: (laughs) at (laughs) Monora. Glastonbury ain't got nothing on Ben. I've seen Lionel Richie twice at Montero. That's how much I like Lionel Richie.
3: We are now going to play a game of elimination. The first person who draws a blank or says a wrong name loses the contest. 2015 Republican presidential hopefuls. Jeff, you get to go first.
0: Oh, I'm going to go with Big Rick Santorum the start. Yes, he that. was
2: okay. in the mix, Ben. 2015 Paul Ryan. No. Oh, oh my that, god. Dude, first of all, he might not have been official, but he was in the mix for sure. I'm taking what? that. <laughs> I'm taking that. You can't deny me that.
0: Uh okay. Okay. He stays in. The dogs are upset. Go ahead, Jeff. Uh Sarah Palin was definitely running for a while no.
3: there. No. Oh my god. You guys don't remember this. Wow. No.
0: Um How about? Uh, Donald Trump. I, I heard of him. There you go.
2: Donald Trump. Mike Huckabee. Mike Huckabee. Excellent. How about your guy and my guy? Really, friend of the podcast, Ted Cruz. That is correct. Yes.
3: He wins Iowa. Um, who's got a, a New Jersey person for me? Oh, uh, what's her name? Uh, no, no, no. It's not what's her name. It's what's his name. That's correct. He oh, closed it's, a it's bridge. The guy,
0: Chris Christie.
2: Chris yeah, Christie. Yeah, totally.
0: Closed a bridge, opened our hearts. Also visible from space, sitting on a beach, if I remember that. that photograph, the greatest
2: picture of all time.
0: Uh, <laughs> who's got our Florida guy? Oh, um,
2: us. Uh, there's two. There's, there's two Florida two. guys. Scott, right? No, no, no. Oh, you're right. So Jeff's out. Jeff's out. I'm in because I can name not one but two. First of all, my guy and your guy, who couldn't love Diamond Jeb Bush. That is correct. Oh, yeah. Low energy Jeb Bush. And please, then who
0: please could clap. forget
2: Little Marco Rubio?
0: That also is little Marco. Ouch.
3: All right, and then uh just to by the way, I finally
2: won one. I'm going to take a you fucking victory one. lap. Hold yeah, on, mute my mic and run around in, in circles hosing. in my office.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um. Rand
0: Paul, Ben Carson. Uh,
2: oh, Ben Carson! What oh my so God! Long?
0: Do you remember that luggage clip when he's being interviewed live about his policy, and he's like, oh, "I forgot my luggage," and it just runs <laughs> off camera. It's on CNN. That was that. You can't beat that. um uh, Was this Herman Cain's year, or no, was no, that, no. that 2012?
3: Was no. Okay. No. All right. And uh, oh, anyway,
2: that was borderline racist. Where right? you're like that you other. Know, black guy who was weird was that was that him too shut up (laughs) playing playing i'm just saying man i'm just saying you got to look out for how your brain works for sure fair enough and then
0: was it malcolm x in this round (laughs) um and in
3: 2015 there is a certain franchise who washed away a 40-year drought and came up with a championship and they were they were your golden state warriors that is correct
0: the golden state warriors who play
3: again tonight against my boston
0: Celtics. oh my god with i that fourth quarter i feel like i got Woo. punched in the face and woke up crying three hours later in a fetal ball good god they could not unbelievable. miss they could not miss it was insane Listen,
2: jeff don't worry at all I heard a podcast that just made me laugh out loud so hard. And the person was like, well, I, I think the Warriors are going to win game two. And the, the host was like, well, wh- why would you think that? And he's like, have you seen the Celtics? They don't handle success very well. <laughs> I was well that's, like, really- that's fair. That is fair. <laughs> totally fair. They are totally due to just show up with just poop everywhere tonight.
3: So I am flying to Boston on Friday. where a friend of the podcast. Joe Achille is taking me to the game.
0: You're fucking kidding me really you're going to the nba finals you've taken this like friendly rivalry thing to jagweed level i'm being so nice about game one i was like oh tim will be happy now you're gonna fucking go to game three with the best i love it do Um, your i hope they lose by a hundred so i hope i hope they get a photograph of you with all those other idiot boston people on the stands like oh they're also bad at at home so that
2: could not work out for you tim so first
3: ah so first of all, it's game four. And Jeff, so I want you to know that I don't think they'll be closing out the series. Oh, but it is possible. I'm just saying it's possible. For
0: it. Uncalled for. <laughs> that is so uncalled for. <laughs> Let's get to art. Oh, I was actually going to be. I was trying to be so nice. <laughs> Let's go. Oh, my God. And Let's Timmy, also,
2: the- as a Catholic boy, you should know better than anyone else. Yeah.
0: Pride cometh
2: before, before fall.
0: Actually, I should keep, yeah, keep it up, Tim. What else? You That's right. About oh, you,
2: you think there's going to be a sweep? You'll be there. You got the champagne on ice for game four. Good job by you, buddy. You want me to go get my in-laws? You can make a couple of quips. <laughs> uh, our three <laughs> albums. Let's go.
0: Our three albums. <laughs> That's a good segue. Ben, you go first. Kendrick Lamar. Oh, I've heard of him.
2: Yes. Born in Compton. Raised. Born 1987 in Compton with DeSolaris. That's our graduation year from high school, at least me and Jeff. Yeah. Jeez. Um, had a tough upbringing in Compton. As you might imagine, he's not personally in a gang, but his dad's in a gang. He's got a bunch of friends in the gang. A bunch of people die that he's friends with. When he's 16, he starts releasing mixtapes. Uh, Under the name K dot. And by the time he gets to the early 2010s, there's a huge amount of buzz with him. And we'll do this again next year. I just want to shout out Dr. Dre who signs him to a major label. Just incredible that this guy who was an NWA and signed Snoop Dogg and a million other people is still signing major acts in this time. First major album, major label album, that he puts out is "Good Kid, Mad City," um, and basically he puts out three records in a row, all of which are masterpieces in their own way. So "Good Kid, Mad City" is a masterpiece because it's like just Jordan when he scored sixty on the Celtics, like just at the very beginning. Whoa! whoa, fr- whoa. You, like you watch, you hear this album, and you're like, "Wow, this this artist has arrived! I can't wait to." what they do next this year the album that i'm going to select to pimp a butterfly it's not his most even record um i re-listened to it several times this week and it's squirrely. like there's some definite 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 strange bits on this record that being said the high points on this record and similar to the county crows record where i'm like i just have to give credit for the artistic swing that's my record this year and it actually is, it's got my favorite Kendrick Lamar songs on it and it's my favorite Kendrick Lamar record. Um, the one that's most even and that just runs all the way through it is Damn. That's the, that's the most, like the tightest artistic statement where you can really, really see him as a mature rapper. Um, those three records in a row stand up to any three rap records in a row. Like you name the artist, and you put them in order. I will take these three records against any of them. Um, they're fantastic. Super, super, super interesting artist. This record. So um Good Kid Mad City is like a top 10 album hit. And it's a gigantic debut. It's one of the best reviewed records of that year. In 2012, as a guest rapper, I think it's called Control is the song by Big Sean, who sucks. Big Sean sucks. sucks. But Lamar is the guest rapper on this, and he's got a really famous guest verse where he's like, I'm a young and up and comer, and I'm here to murder my competition. And he lists all the other rappers that are his age, and he's like, I'm the best, and they can all kiss my ass. Like, I'm just going to come and get for them. So there's a huge controversy from this. There's a whole bunch of, like, further diss tracks going back for this. And that's in between Good Kid, Mad City, and this record, and I raised that to show what a crazy move it was when he put out this record. Um, first, I'll also note this, if you're talking NBA, you guys will really like this. When we grew up in the 80s, NBA teams didn't like each other. Like, the Pistons didn't like the Celtics.
3: Hated and the by Pistons. didn't like,
2: I mean fucking hated. Like, hated they, it. like, got into fights. <laughs> they couldn't stand
3: Lambeer. them. Oh
2: Yeah, good. totally. And when they punched each other, they were like, thank God, I wish I was there to punch them more. Yeah. And then by the time you get to, to now, it's like everybody's pretty good buddies. There are some teams that have like light disputes and stuff. So it was super likable when Kendrick was like, nah, I'm not friends with these guys. Like I know them all, but I'm here to bury them. I'm the best. I'm the best on the planet and all these other motherfuckers are going to find out. I just really, really, really like that. So then he comes out with the a Butterfly. It's an hour long jazz record. Like, it is a (laughs) super weird record. Um, I've seen Kendrick, and I've seen Kamasi Washington. So if if you like jazz, I would strongly recommend going to see Kamasi Washington. He's a saxophone player. I saw him at Big Ears. He had this gigantic, like, space-aged, 15-person jazz orchestra. It was actually like seeing Sun Ra. Like, he was wearing the dashiki and a big, huge hat. It was just, like, wandering around playing sax. Anyhow, that's what the record sounds like. Like there's huge chunks of this record that are not even a funk soul record. That's an actual free jazz record. And this is the record that Kendrick Lamar puts out to bury his competitors, which just makes me laugh every single time because the irony of it is he did. He actually did. And, and the way he did it is he like this, this record uh, in my mind is a unique rap record. There's not another record that sounds like this, even including, you know, like going back to the acid jazz and the the um and the acid jazz rap and the stuff that happened in the eighties and the nineties. Like this is a very, very, very unusual tonal record. Um, I freaking love it. That's first. Second, it's aggressively a record about depression. Now, after this record, there's a lot of rap records about depression. Most of them are sad, white, mumble rap records, which I have much less time for than Kendrick's record. But this is a record about growing up in Compton, not having your dad around, having some of your friends die in gang violence, and just dealing with the African-American experience. And he's not shy about it at all. Like, there's a repeating theme through this record of I've suffered with depression since I was an adolescent. I've considered suicide. Like he's just so raw and open about it. And in, when, when this record comes out, it's not commercial at all. Like it's just a weird left turn for him. This is a guy who's a freaking rap act. Like he should, like, he should just be rapping about having a good time and having a bunch of sex. Um, He's like a really, really, really deep Christian and super, 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 into mental health and like struggling through it, and super into the the African American experience, and all of that comes through on this record. um I'm going to ask Jeff to play "I," but not the version on the album. if to make sure to get the single version. So here's let me explain it. So he puts out the single before the album comes out, and it's got a fantastic sample on it. It's a great, 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 super up tempo song. When the album comes out, the album's got a live version of the song, which, as every listener to this podcast will know, I'm a huge fan of. The live version is a minute and a half, maybe two minutes of the song until there's a fight that breaks out in front of them. Then he interrupts the song. This is the album, the album version. He interrupts the song. He's yelling at the people who are fighting in front of him. And he's like, we don't have time to fight. We don't have time to fight. We don't, how many brothers have we done lost? He's like screaming at the people of the audience. And then he launches into a solo acapella, minute and a half off the top of his head about black on black violence. Like, and, but you have to know the original version to understand how powerful the album version is. And then that gives you a vision for what this record is like. Like this record is just this like packed insane combination of things totally uncommercial and yet was a number one hit and made him the best rapper in the world jeff just start at the beginning of I. to pimp a butterfly by kendrick lamar
1: this is a world this is a world for me this is a world for me i'd have been through a whole lot trial tribulation but i know god satan wanna put me in a boat. tie pray that the holy water don't go dry yeah yeah so many motherfuckers wanna tell me But an amigo never drown me In front of a dirty double mirror they tell me And I love myself The world is a ghetto big guns and inside I love, I love myself But they can do what they want whenever they want I don't mind I love myself He said I gotta get up like he's a suicide I love myself One day at a time go shine. Everybody looking at you crazy, crazy. What, you gonna, what you gonna do Lift up your head and keep moving, keep moving. Well, let the paranoia haunt you. Oh, Piece the fashion, police are where my heart on my sleeve. Let the runway start. You know the miserable do love company. What do you want from me and my scars? Everybody lack like, confidence. Everybody lack like, confidence. How many times my potential was anonymous? How many times the city making me promises? So I promise this.
2: I love myself. So there's another song on the. This record's just the letter. This song just the letter I. There's another song on the record that's just the letter U. And they're separated by I don't know seven or eight songs between them, but they're clearly bookends. This song is "I Love Myself," and the you song is "It's Really Hard to Love Yourself." Like, and these two songs are next to each other and just describe his mental state in such a beautiful way. And then, like, like uh, this is Easley uh, Brothers, "That Lady," right? Uh, that correct. sample is fucking fantastic. The Beastie Boys used it to great effect as well. It's a it's a well-sampled record. But for him to choose that record and then do this on top of it, um, and, uh, you know, he's, he's trials and tribulations, he's praying to God, but he's found this love himself moment and it's very near the end of the record. Just fantastic. I love this song. I love this record. Um, it's actually a little bit misrepresentative. What you should do is just start at the beginning of the record and listen listen from the beginning and then you'll decide whether you like it or not because there's a lot of slow, weird songs on it. That being said, it's a little bit, uh, it's like for a popular record, like it's like Pink Floyd The Wall where you're like, why is this, record that's just an agonizing record about depression and is super weird so popular of course it's a million times better than the wall but it's like that for me like i just can't believe that this was the best reviewed most popular rap record of that year given the subject matter and how strange it is jeff what do you think
0: man i totally agree um i obviously can't pick this one too because it's you know how boring would that be i cannot believe a record this challenging and weird and long and complicated with such a gigantic hit you know i as somebody who spends a lot of time with with high school kids and particularly high school kids who are really really into music like yeah this was the record of that year like for the guys in the rock band for the jazz kids like for just i mean and just like the casual music fans like for the taylor swifties like everyone love this record i mean like sat down without distractions and listened to this long weird complicated challenging record um i don't like all of it but i love that records like this still exist right um, i mean it's fucking insane yeah. say that this guy did this yep it's his best record i think um it's and it's because of its weirdness because it's so audacious um and because of this record i'm going to give every kendrick record that ever comes out the once twice and three times over it's um i i I, uh yeah i mean and and again this is not a genre i stayed with right like a lot of the rap that ben loves that is the space between when i kind of let go of rap and this record are not super familiar to me but this record i i just kids kept saying you've got to hear this you got to hear this right. you got to hear this and, and uh i'm so glad that they were they rode me about it because it is really um oh. it's just it's like if miles davis's bitches brew sold eight million copies like, it's just the pink I totally the agree. Wall That's a great comparison comment. is just perfect
2: oh like, the other thing that i'll sorry to interrupt the other thing that i'll say is that if you ever liked rap music Like, if you were like, you know, I like rap until Run DMC wasn't popular, you'll like Kendrick Lamar. Like if you're but and in particular, if you're like, oh, man, you know, I checked out after Paul's Boutique and um, like basically I checked out in 93. You're going to freaking love Kendrick Lamar. That's the other thing that's such a crazy left turn for him. He is a super classical rapper. And in fact, he's like. He's like a distillation of it. Like his enunciation, his beats on it, like how he breaks up all of the stuff. Like he's coming out at the same time when mumble rap is starting to happen. And he's such an aggressive left turn against it. Like he's so clear and enunciating and um, he's technical. He's super technical. Like he's actually he's super funny. One of his big, um, one of the people that he points to is Eminem. Um, which is actually a huge boost for Eminem, as you can imagine. But Eminem's got the same thing. Like, you can tell when you listen to a good Eminem song that he's, it's staccato, the beats are 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 contemplated and the syllables are there like lined up so that they sometimes are on the beat and sometimes they're off the beat. And it's very, very, very conscious. And each thing is, um, enunciated and that's exactly what Kendrick's like. And you can hear it on this record for sure. But damn is even more like that. Like damn is like, he sat down syllable for syllable. The, 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 the beats behind it are way more conventional. It's a little bit more of an industrial track behind it. Um, but just, like so technically amazing. It's like a it's like a Van Halen record. It's even like an Ingve Malmsteen record where you're like, wow, it's fucking amazing. Really? Like this guy actually sat down mm. and like syllable to syllable, figured out every single thing that he wanted to do for an entire 45-minute record. You're gonna love it. Seriously, if you wow. like rap at all and you're our age, this is your entry point.
0: Yeah, that's but, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. So
2: what's so
3: interesting, you know, Jeff and I both have high school students pushing this on us. You know, I, I certainly wouldn't have come to it on my own. And I wonder, like, as I grow older, do I just want what I want? And, and do I want less adventure? Do I, do I really want, at this age, to be challenged?
0: Uh Yes, a, because you didn't like Cruel Country. Like, if your review yeah, yeah. of the Wilco Cruel Country record was like, this is what I've been looking for. It's easy. It's sweet. It's in yep. the background. I can go to Starbucks. I mean, yep. just... What you said 45 minutes ago about your favorite band's new album, yeah, belies the sense that you're not eager to be challenged.
3: Right. No, I, I I agree, but it still takes a nudge from from some teenagers to to make me realize that. Otherwise, I could just kind of listen to what I listen to.
0: But, but I gotta be clear, like this record makes me uncomfortable for all the reasons I walked away from rapping the first times. Like, yeah, there's a lot of language on this record that that gives me pause. It still makes me uncomfortable, but I also, I just throw out my hands. I'm just like, I mean, sometimes great art makes you uncomfortable. And this is just like, this is undeniably the work of a, of a visionary guy. Ben, so. did your daughters bring this to you? No, nah, man. Was this is one where the, I mean, the
2: reviews were so off the hook good. And, and it was, saying, I mean, actually I started at Good Kid Mad City. And honestly, yeah. like that's lame. Because he put out several super well-reviewed mixtapes before that that I have okay. gone back and listened to, um, so the, I was like a like for a hipster, I was a late arriver to it. But no, Good okay. Kid, Mad City was off the hook, well-reviewed. And dude, it was the same thing. Like the, the single off of that, Swimming Pools parentheses drank. It's just it's a it's a like a four and a half minute song about drinking because you're super depressed. <laughs> I Was oh. like I love this guy. Wow, it's amazing! Yeah. I want to hear more. <laughs> Tell me more.
3: Uh all right. What's our pivot like here, Jeff Simons? What's oh, it's such a show? like
0: it's such a hard pivot. Like it's just hysterical. Like <laughs> everybody just go get like something to drink, hit pause, like well, we do have... shake it all out, come back to the podcast. We do have an ad break here, Jeff Simons. Well, let's add this is a perfect ad break moment because we're gonna cleanse the palate.
3: All right, go.
0: Moscow, Idaho is not where you might go to find. Um, high culture. It's a tiny little town. And you might not assume that the only child of two neurologists who happen to live in Moscow, Idaho, would be my pick for the guy who made uh, a great record this year. Uh, Again, I'm using some of my own self-appointed roles to give love to some artists who are going to slip through the cracks. And so here's a guy who has made, I don't know, maybe eight records now. And I really like six of them. And he is a uh, he's a great American singer songwriter and his name is Josh Ritter and his record Sermon on the Rocks is my 2015 pick. I first saw Josh Ritter. This is my equivalent of I saw him at Bonnaroo. Josh Ritter and I were on the same bill at South by Southwest with Chris Whitley and Rich Price and Josh Ritter. Um, I can't remember who was else on that, bill. we played South by I think three times, uh, four times. But um, I first saw him there, and we were in kind of the same place, right? Like Rich had a major label deal. Josh Ritter just signed a major label deal. Ritter had his first, like, full-size band. Um, and uh, I thought he was great. I thought two of the songs in his set were, like, like startlingly good. Um, the first song he put out where I was like, okay, this is a major talent. There's a song called Thin Blue Flame. In 2004, from his third record, I think, called The Animal Years, he also has an incredible, incredible song called Another New World, which is about the Annabelle Lee trying to find a new way through the North Pole. Um, This record is I went into Spotify. This is his most popular record, and it's not even close on Spotify, which surprises me. the song I'm picking from this is his most popular song on Spotify. Is that true, I mean, really? Oh yeah. I yeah. can't even believe this never yeah. happens. I look 31 up an artist million and I'm plays. like plays 31 million. Right. Wow. 31 million plays. I didn't That's know this a was a hit. Um, but this is a pretty indicative. This it's is what you get with Josh song. Ritter. Like this is well recorded. It's really tasteful. The lyrics are, this is a funny song. This Just, is a song that's um, a, out kind a of a rewrite of Only the Good Die Young by Billy Joel, but it's Josh Ritter's version of that. Like, it's it's got much more precise observations rather than you Catholic girls start way, way too late. This is, uh, you know, Mama Something. saw this girl and as Mama saw her and she got nervous. Daddy saw her and she got nervous. The pastor saw her and said, you better hurry up. So they send her to a little Bible school in Southern Missouri. Like all of Josh Ritter's songs are have all these diamond point observations about people and situations. That's one of the things I've really admired about him is he can write a song that actually is more like a short story than a song without yeah. being annoying, without losing the melody, without paying close attention to the fact that we're here to be entertained musically, not just lyrically. Um, there are limitations to Josh Ritter. Like he has a good voice, not a great voice. He has a good band, not a great band. This is a guy who needs to find a James DiPredo or a Nels Klein desperately, in my humble opinion. Like I've seen him live three or four times every time. I'm like, God, I wish this lead guitar player was off the leash a little bit more. I wish the band took some more chances, but they do route and they do create a rollicking good time. Um, and, and this is a guy who like, The 15-song mixtape of Josh Ritter is as good as any songwriter of the last 20 years. Um, And if you're going to start somewhere, you might as well start with apparently his most popular record and his most popular song. So America, I bow to your taste and culture. Here's Getting Ready to Get Down from Sermon on the Rocks, which is my pick for this year. And my moment of love for Mr. Josh Ritter.
2: Sermon on the Rocks by Josh Ritter.
1: Mama got a look at you and got a little worried Papa got a look at you and got a little worried The pastor got a look and said y'all are better hurry Send her off to a little Bible college in Missouri And now you come back saying you know a little bit about Every little thing they ever hoped you'd never figure out Eve ate the apple cause the apple was sweet Kind of God would ever keep a girl from getting what she needs And tonight Getting ready to get down Getting ready to get down Getting ready to get down now, Cross the street when you walk in their direction Talk between the teeth and throw an epithets And the doctor thinks the devil must have got you by your senses But to live the way you please doesn't sound like possession It's four long years studying the Bible Infidels, Jezebel, Salomas, and Delilah's. Back off the bus in your own hometown Say so you didn't like but then you probably won't like her now But I... I'm getting ready to get down I'm Getting ready to get down I'm Getting ready to get down all the men of the country club, the ladies of the zillow are talking about love like it's half a pie and liberty to really be a saint. You gotta really be a virgin. Dry as a page in the King James Version. No la-las, lie no hell yes, no I can't wait. So gotta see you again. turn the other cheek, take no chances. Jesus hates your high school dances.
0: Woo! I mean, this is almost too... Woo! it's almost too good at what it does to not (laughs) almost be a parody of what it is like that. Oh my, my, Oh hell yes. Like, you know, (laughs) throw to Tom Petty for the Indiana girl on those Indiana nights when he's talking about this Missouri girl and the great use of the Hammond organ and the twangy guitar solo, right? Like it is, it. it is a kind of rock music by numbers, but it's expertly done. And, and I actually, the, Ritter has songs that take wild swings and, and crazy chances that offer a much more artistic left turn than these bread and butter songs. Um, one of the things that bums me out about Ritter is when he plays live, he leans into all of these and he doesn't do the big, long, epic, beautiful songs that that. I, that, that keep me coming back to him. It's kind of funny. Like, uh, and that's probably from trial by error. He's probably tried to do thin blue flame and everyone's gone to the to take a leak on him. But uh, but I do there's a version of Josh Ritter where he mixes it up. Sermon on the Rocks is a little more straightforward, but it's probably a great entry point. But I would if you like this, go in and dig into some of the longer, deeper, more introspective, more complicated songs. Um, he's worth it. He's really good. And uh uh I you know, yeah. Again, no. This is back to what you were saying, Tim. This might be my, me liking what I like. I mean, I don't want to be presumptuous, but like, you know, there's many a Jeff Simon song that aren't dissimilar from this one. So maybe it's just me okay. looking in the yeah. mirror and saying, hey, that guy looks good. But I really do think this guy <laughs> looks good.
3: Well, I'd love what you, I, was it Spoon you talked about where they sit down and they, they describe a song that they like and then they try to write it? Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it's like, oh, here's the kind of song I want to write, and then he just goes out and he crushes it,
2: nails it. Ben, do you like this song? I did. I really dug that song. It's super funny. I went and looked at it. I was like, what is the last Josh Ritter record that I listened to?
3: Uh-oh.
2: And it turns out it was the Historical Conquest. That was, that was it. I guess maybe So the World Runs Away. Is that later? Is that the next record? I don't know. All right. I think so, that's so- right.
0: I'm looking it up here. They'll, you...
2: I think I went, I, I'm looking at my Josh Ritter collection. It looks like I went 06, 08, 10, and then that was it for me. Yeah, so I, I can see that. Out on this 10 song. is
0: the one, So Runs the World Away is the one that has another new world, which I think is the best thing he, he'll ever write. That song is just a slam dunk, super classic. Woof
2: yeah i dig yeah. this guy um and i really 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 like the sound of that song for sure it is true that jesus hates your high school dances there's yes. no doubt there's yeah right now somewhere <laughs> jesus is super mad about that so that made me happy yep
3: um all right well i'm gonna bring us home uh here on this fine sunday evening i too am gonna go to a small corner of the world and and, and pluck someone out of obscurity. Um there's an artist named Lynn Manuel Miranda.
0: Oh for God's uh, sake.
3: Who put something out in 2015? By the way, oh, I have your back on this one, Timmy. Maybe you don't know about this. Maybe you don't know. Uh, but a little a little album called Hamilton. And we're gonna go uh let's go with satisfied, Jeff Simons.
0: Wait, I'm that's still that's the one that's the that you, is that your is. favorite you song? Spell- no way.
3: How do you spell I, Hamilton? Well, I've got my favorite song is really, really sad. Don't Quiet do
0: the sad
2: one. How about Hurricane? Will you work with me in Hurricane? I'll, I'll do that. I mean, do you know Quiet Uptown? That oh, one? dude. That Chills one, me. we'd all be weeping. Except yeah, for we Jeff, can't do that Jeff would be cynically looking out the window. <laughs> <laughs> That's dude. Yeah, satisfied that was- is amazing. Satisfied. You can't go wrong with satisfied. Hamilton, original Broadway cast recording. All right.
1: All right. That's what I'm talking about. Now, Everyone, give it up for the maid of honor, Angelica Skylar! I toast to the groom, to the groom, to the groom, to the groom, to the bride, to the bride!
3: and the hope that you provide,
1: provide, provide. May you always always. be satisfied
2: i i remember that night i just might oh uh-huh. You really hurt me. Yes. You I'm
0: sorry. We're just, By the I way, just, uh,
2: Tim, you're going to agree with me on this. I experienced that song as super sad too.
0: Oh, yeah. Yes. That song oh. chokes
2: me up big Devastating.
0: Time. Devastating. I'll just take That song away. made no sense. You know, that's one of those ones. I didn't, I've never seen Hamilton in person, but when I finally got to see it on the Disney Plus, when, you know, they showed I, the, the yeah. video, their edit of the rehearsal. Yeah. And uh, I saw all that rewind stuff. I was like, oh, <laughs> it's really important to see what that's all about for that moment to make sense. But uh...
3: have you guys watched his uh, performance at the White House when he first no. rolled out this idea of yes. Hamilton? Did you see it, Ben? Yeah. That's one of those moments where I'm just like. What an insane idea. And, and what an insane moment to be like, you know what? I'm going to roll this out right now in front of the president. Instead of doing a song from the Heights, I'm going to do a rap about Alexander Hamilton.
2: And he crushes it. Crushes it. So I think, I can't remember if I told all of this story, but um, so the, like India went and saw it at the public. My oh, dad wow. went and saw it at the public. So Indy came back and brought the soundtrack back and the girls listened to it and they freaking loved it. They were over the moon. Right. And I am sad to report, sad to report that I was resistant Oh, first. man. And it's easy to explain why I was resistant because they were like, it's the first hip hop musical. Right. And I the was done right First there. time I, like... I heard that guy start rapping, I was like, well, that's not going to work out for me <laughs> at all. Like that's, that's not hip hop. <laughs> This yep. is a musical. If by hip-hop musical, you mean just musical, then maybe. But so I was, like, super resistant. The girls loved it. India really liked it. It was like they were all bonding, and I was completely locked out. We drove up to D.C., me and Dolly and George. I guess Indy was already up there. I can't remember why it was just the three of us. But Dolly was like, listen, you're going to do me a favor. We're going to listen to it gate to gate. And you're going to shut your mouth. You're not going to complain. Don't say a word until it's over. Okay. Right. Fine. Deal. So she throws it in. If you listen to the end, like when you go see it live, there's only like two parts of the play that are not in the soundtrack. Like the soundtrack captures the entire play. Yeah. If you listen carefully, you can get the whole story. Yeah. Dude, by the time we got to the end, I was like, ball. I'm on I 81. (laughs) Yeah. Like just bawling, like just mucus coming down my face, just (laughs) weeping myself sick. And then the girls were like, wow, you really liked it. And I was like, "Just, just play it again. (laughs) <laughs> Played again and we just listened to it over and over again and then uh super ironic i liked it better than india like i've memorized every note of this i've seen it uh twice on broadway now like it's just a, a singular work of art i absolutely love it i stand by my original take which is that it's not really hip-hop it's basically a musical um but as a musical i mean good lord and right. dude listen right the girls are now 18 and 21. We just did a bunch of traveling in Europe. And I'll just go ahead and start with fair enough. They're not huge fans of the American experience right now or the American experiment. And there are a bunch of people who are critical of this as if they're they're like, oh, this is soft selling. You know what I mean? Like you put a bunch of people of color here singing this and they're, yeah. they're presenting a Jeffersonian vision, even though Jefferson's an asshole. Um, I just couldn't disagree more. I still believe in it. I'm so like, I'm so thrilled that this guy found it in his heart to give voice to this experience um, and to describe as to to younger people and just generally like, in my opinion, what's fucking amazing about this country. Like, it's just incredible. And to choose Hamilton as the voice for it and then to have an entire cast of people of color do it, like just off the hook. Amazing, and I—I I disagree. I don't think this is an apology. I don't think this this yeah. this play soft sells what's wrong with America. I think this this play gives the entire picture of it and still finds love for this country and for what it's about. Um, I love absolutely that. Absolutely love it. That's a great it. take. Yeah, I'm super passionate about. it.
3: Yeah, I am. I am too, and I, I just. And our, we talked about Kendrick Lamar doing this left turn and taking these chances. And I just love artists who are brave. And um, I, I love imagining their sit down with their agent or their manager or their best friend. Like, all right, what what are you working on? Well, here's what I'm working on.
2: Like, Oh, what? dude, you've heard the story, right? I mean, he was like, went on vacation and bought yes, this bummed. 800 page book about Hamilton, read it, and was like, that's a musical. And then he got in touch with the guy who wrote it, and the guy was like, "Well, you know, the movie rights have been sold, so I don't, I don't know why yeah. I'm talking to you." And the guy's like, "No, no, no, it's not a movie. It's not a movie. No, it's, not no, right. it's, not a movie. it's, it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a musical." <laughs> the guy was like, "Wait, what?" And he was like, "Yeah, it's a, it's a musical." I mean, the, the, the description of the conversation I've heard it from the author's point of view is so yeah. funny. He was like, "Sure, You're God, Steve, whatever, hey, <laughs> <laughs> whatever, sure, man. Yeah, you want to make a musical out of my 800-page book about Alexander yeah. Hamilton? Good luck with that." well i'm fucking amazing
3: i met uh uh, jeff knows this i met robin hitchcock a couple weeks ago at the bob's burger preview and his wife just
2: double double name drop timmy
3: you're on fire with your name
0: with
3: this and uh emma swift is an australian singer songwriter emma swift is his wife she was lovely and and jeff you know about her album ben i don't know if you do but she's got an album called blonde on the tracks
2: which i have heard that yeah
3: which is basically a reimagining of bob dylan's like i want to i wanted to see the picture of her agent's face like well i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of cover bob dylan's most famous album but do my own thing at the same time and kind of make it a little weird uh what do you think yeah godspeed yeah that's that's insane and uh and it's beautiful
0: it's a big hit too. It's the only record yeah. she has that anyone has listened to. Look at that. Yeah. Good for her.
3: All right. Well, we look at us. We missed each other so much. We've gone over, uh, by like 20 minutes. Amazing. Amazing. We're going right up,
2: right up to the, uh, the tip off. This is great.
0: Tip off's not for another two hours, is it?
2: No, nah, it's 40 minutes, man. Strap in.
0: Oh, geez. I better get on that. I would have turned it on in the middle of the second quarter.
2: Game face, <laughs> game face. Ben, welcome back,
3: uh, states. Yeah, State. glad ben, to be back. Uh, let's try to crank another one out this week.
2: Uh, what was my busy NBA schedule, Timmy? I'm so glad you're going to see it. I'm super jealous. That's amazing. I, I listen. I'm going to go ahead and make a pledge. When the Knicks are in the finals, okay. I'm going to sit right there front row because I'm not going to have to worry about the money. It's never That's right. I got you covered. <laughs> All right,
3: gentlemen, I will talk to you later. If the later uh, on. Lose game
0: two, I'm not talking to you for a year, so this might be the last podcast. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Yikes. By the way, anyway, I'll oh. triangulate. You can talk
0: there to me go. and I'll talk to Tim and That's right. Good. That'll be good. We can do it that way. Like a
1: Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day?